You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so this is, does anybody know how many, how many sermons you've already heard on Lasting Impact? I hope you're not getting bored, right? In this time of, of uh, you know, lack of attention and all that, I think our attention span is kind of hard to listen to an eight-week sermon series, right? This is number seven, you know, and I, 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 don't, mean, I don't mean this in kind of the mean-spirited way. I heard, I heard it said when, the, when the, uh, the young preacher went to his first church and he preached the same sermon for six weeks, and, and so they, some of the elders called him off to the side and said, said, you know, you're going to have to preach something different. He said, well, I will. As soon as you get that, I'll preach something different, right? So, I, you know, and, and it's not that I'm preaching the same thing over and over, you know, but I do want to stay here till we get this. You know, now we've got a Christmas series coming up in a couple of weeks, and you need to start inviting your friends. Uh, what you got for Christmas is a sermon series, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Preach some really good truths there. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. And uh, if you know someone that's not a Christian, especially, this will be the sermon series to invite them to, okay? So, so, so make sure you start inviting them. Uh, did you get that? We're going to have a lot of fun with this sermon series also, okay? But... I know I've got to go there in December, but today, we got to get this. Jesus Christ did not intend for you to just have some influence. He intended, that, what he intended for his followers were that they would have impact. They'd be world changers. Okay, and let's begin right here then. Many people talk about changing the world, right? Few actually do. Amen? Oh me? Right? Amen or oh me or both right there, huh? Few actually do. But here's the thing is most of us think the reason we don't change the world is because what? We don't have the ability. We don't, we don't have the opportunity. Well, those people were in the right place at the right time. They had the gifts and they had all this. It's not that. That's not the reason we don't have impact. Every person ever born has had the ability and opportunity to change the world. But few do. Few actually do. Every person, okay, I know some of you argue with me and say, no, I didn't, I didn't. Y'all heard of Helen Keller? As a baby, lost her sight and lost her hearing. Yet she impacted the world. I, I, would say, I, I would say she didn't just impact, you know, because a lot of times we say impact the world. We're talking about impact of the world around us. I would say she impacted the whole world. The, the, the ADA stuff and, and, the, and the things with the, with the handicap and all the stuff, that, that a lot of that came from some of the things that she did. Uh, or, or Frederick Douglass. You don't know who that is? Google it this afternoon. Not right now, okay, but Google it this afternoon. And, and see, Frederick Douglass, born a slave, taught himself to read, Okay, those of you who had a hard time learning to read when someone was teaching you, this guy taught himself to read, got beaten when they found out he was learning to read, and then he started teaching other people to read, he got beat again, and he kept teaching people to read. You know, did he have opportunity? Did he have ability? I mean, he faced some, a lot of, the, or, or, or like Rosa Parks, I'm sorry, I just, just want to throw so many in here that Rosa Parks, I mean, she, she's just a little African-American lady that just refused to stand up. That's all she did. And she changed the world. 
Change the world. You know, Walt Disney. Uh, man, Disney is really in the, in the news right now with the Disney Plus coming out. Right, right? How many of y'all got Disney Plus already? Just raise your hand. Yeah, I, th- I figured. That's what I figured, right? Uh, well, it's, so f- it's free for most everybody out there. I mean, they're offering it free. They're getting you hooked in. You're not going to be able to give it up in a year. Okay, so Disney. But you know Walt Disney was actually fired when he was a young guy? And you know what he was fired for? Does anybody know? Anybody know? He was fired because he had a lack of imagination. Walt Disney. Okay, so, so did he have ability? Did he have opportunity? You know, he could have argued the same thing that you and I argue, that we don't have ability, we don't have opportunity, but he changed the world, and he's still changing the world, and the dreamers are still out there because of him, and they're still dreaming the dreams. You know, all these, and, and man, FDR, I mean, you can go on and on and on with, with all the people who, who had limitations, who didn't, we'd say in a lot of ways, didn't have the ability or opportunity, but they still changed the world. Like, think about that guy that Brent mentioned. Brent spoke last week, and, and he talked about that rich young ruler that came to Jesus, said he had kept all of the commandments from his youth up. You remember? Uh, now, what was his name? Y'all remember? Anybody? Anybody? Can anybody remember his name? No, because it's not there. You read the Bible. His name isn't there. We don't know him. He was rich. He was young. He was a ruler, so he had authority. But we don't even know his name. Why? Because he didn't have any impact. He kept every one of the commandments all of his life, he said. But we don't know his name because he didn't have any impact. Yet, who do we know? I mean, who do we know in the Bible? Think about it. In the New Testament, who do we know? We know a tax collector, a tent maker, and a bunch of fishermen. They're they're household names today. Why? Because they impacted the world. A tax collector, a a tent maker, a man who worked with his hands, and a bunch of fishermen, they're the ones we know, you know, uh, Matthew, Paul, Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they're the ones we know, not because they had extraordinary ability, not because they had extraordinary opportunity, but just because they decided, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to be a part of it, and I'm going to change the world. And they changed the world, and you and I, we know those names. We don't, know, we don't know the rich young ruler. I mean, that's, that's what we call him. Brent mentioned that last week. That's what we call him. We call him the rich young ruler. But we don't know anything else about him because he didn't impact anyone. He was only living for himself. So it's something besides ability. It's something besides opportunity. It's something that starts right in here. With your heart and your decision and your determination and your, your want to and your, your desire to never accept status quo when status quo isn't good enough, but to say something has to change. And so I'm going to tell you real quick, and that's not just pastor speak, I'm serious, real quick, I'm going to tell you something real quick, three things real quick that you have to decide today if you want to have lasting impact. You have to decide. You want to have lasting impact? If you don't, okay, you can pull your phone out. And you can start playing, you know, your, your video game, whatever you want to do. Okay, play with, your, uh, play with your app. But if you want to have lasting impact, listen to this. Three things that you've got to decide. And sadly, I think the first thing, you know, and, and I'm probably going to spend most of my time right here. The first thing we have to decide, you have to, I, I have to fight this. I keep saying we, we, we. You know, all, all this week I've been almost saying we, and I keep fighting that. It's, this is not a we thing. 
I can't decide for you. You can't decide for me. You have to decide for yourself. The first thing you have to decide is how you feel, what you believe about Jesus Christ, who he is. And this very first thing right here, you have to decide if you believe in a good guy or the Son of God. Who is he? Who's Jesus in your life? Is he a good guy or is he a son, the Son of God? You see, because I, I see a lot of Christians today that they'll tell you they believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but they, they pray like he's just a good guy. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus, you know, I, I got this decision to make. If you've got any advice for me, you know, just try to tell me if you can or whatever. Or, or Jesus, you know, family member's sick, and we really would like for you to touch them maybe or whatever. If you believe Jesus is a good guy, that's the kind of prayers you pray, right? But if you believe Jesus is the Son of God, come on. He created the universe. And if he created the universe, he can do anything. He rose back to life after being in the grave on the third day. If he rose back to life, he can do anything. He, he healed blind eyes, deaf ears, gave the ability to talk. He set people free that, that were under oppression and possession of, of evil spirits. If he can do that, then he can do anything. And you have to decide if that's what you believe. Because it, it, it's, really, it's, it's really easy, I, I think, these days to say, well, and if, if you start saying, well, you've done slip back over there, he's just a good guy. And, and you've, got, you've got to make up your mind. Because you know what happens when you believe he is the Son of God? It changes your prayer life. You're no longer praying, hey, you got any advice for me today? When you believe he is the Son of God, and you've got a decision to make, you go to him and you say, I know that you know stuff that I do not know, and I need the wisdom of God into my heart right here and right now. You say, there is a family member that, that is sick, and I know that you took stripes on your back for their healing, and I plead the blood that poured out of your back for their healing today. It changes. It changes how you pray. It changes how you live. It changes how you believe. It changes how you talk to people when you really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And you've got to decide that first. Because you know, no, nothing else I say the rest of this sermon or in any other sermon is going to matter until you decide that. And, and if you say, well, I, I don't know. If you don't know, then you're still over here believing he's a good guy. You have to decide if you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and then you've got to start praying like it. You've got to start living like it. You've got to start believing like it. You've got to start talking like it, and you've got you've to start worshiping like it if you're, if you're going to get anywhere with this, and that's where it's got to begin. You've got to decide wh what you believe about who he is, and you've got to decide what you believe about his name. I'll give you a couple of scriptures right here. Acts Chapter uh, 3, verse 6, Peter and John, they went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. And on their way, they found this guy that was, uh, that was an, an invalid, and, and, uh, and he was asking them for alms. And, and so uh, Simon Peter turned and told him this. He says, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, rise up and walk. Get up and walk. And he took him by the hand. And he helped the guy get up. And when the guy got up, he realized he had strength in his legs. And he went running and leaping into the temple. Really messed up their temple service that day. Because they weren't expecting anybody to get healed, you know. Because they've been, going to, they've been going to temple every single day, every single week, over and over. Nobody ever gets healed. It really messed things up. 
you know what? When you really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you start believing in the power of his name, it's going to mess up those people who don't believe anything. It's going to mess with them. When, when you start believing and you start acting with it, it's going to see... What's, what Simon Peter knew, what he believed in his heart and he knew, is he believed what, what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, that God has exalted his son Jesus Christ and given him a name that is above every name. Daddy, do, do you believe that? If you believe that, can I just get an amen? amen? Okay, you believe that Jesus has a name above every name. So Jesus is above Caesar, president. And you can list all the last names of presidents you want to, right? He's, he's above all those names, right? Are those the only names he's above? What about, what, about, what about the name of that disease that is attacking someone in your family? Is Jesus, is that name above the name of that disease? What about, what about the name of that drug that someone in your family is addicted to? Is the name Jesus above the name of that drug? You see, when you start believing like Peter, uh, like Peter did, that the name of Jesus is above every name, then you can start speaking the name of Jesus, and the power of the name of Jesus then begins to actually function and do what it was intended to do. It wasn't just supposed to make us cry when we sing Silent Night. It was supposed to help us have impact as we engage our world and our communities. You've got to decide, what do you believe? about the name of Jesus. What, what, what do you believe about his blood? And, and I hit this very early on in this uh, sermon series. Go ahead to the next slide right there. I hit this very early on, but here's some more scriptures for you. I'm going to take out access to these scriptures. They're a little bit different today than we normally do it. But, but his blood doesn't just give us forgiveness. It gives us peace, redemption, makes us right with God, cleanses our thoughts, healing, connection with God. And, and there's scriptures for every single one of those. I'll tell you how to access those in just a few moments. You've got, to, you've got to decide what you believe about the blood of Jesus. And when you decide that you believe the blood of Jesus has that kind of power, then you'll start claiming the blood a lot more when you pray. That when you've got, when you've got a problem, you'll start pleading the blood of Jesus over that problem a lot more when you believe that all of that is in the blood. I mean, wouldn't it be foolish if I told you this afternoon and said, hey, there's a man who got a $1,000 check at such and such address, just waiting on you. I, I didn't give you an address because I'm afraid some of y'all think I was prophesying. Y'all go down there and check it out this afternoon. He's sitting there and he's waiting. He's got a $1,000 check for you. If you believe that that, wouldn't it be foolish for you to not go down there? You see, when you believe that there is that kind of power in who he is and his name and his blood, there is nothing that will keep you from calling on that authority, that power and his name and his blood when you have problems. You see, that's why you've got to start right here. You've got to decide what you believe about him and about his word. And, and, and the scriptures are there. Next slide. Next slide. The scriptures are there. And, and I'll tell you again, I'll tell you how to access them. But when we speak the word that Jesus spoke, when we speak his word, we aren't just talking, but we're speaking the word of life. When you, when you, when you say what Jesus said, you're speaking the word of life. That, that's why it's so important, as we talked about a few weeks ago, we were just kicking this sermon series off about preaching and pr about praying, prophesying, and speaking the words from the Bible, the words of life, because you're speaking the words of life. Why it's so important to speak those things? Because it's life. 
It's life-giving. It's life-empowering. And, and you, you have to decide what you believe about his word, if you believe it, because there's nothing that can get in the way of his word in your life except for you. Nothing. So you have to decide. You, you have to decide. Now, let, let's, let's talk about something just real quick. This was, this was a last-minute addition into, into this sermon series, and there, there was something I really wanted to deal with a little bit. Couldn't figure out where to fit it in, and then I also couldn't really figure out exactly how to share this with you, and then something happened yesterday, and I thought, man, there it is. There's, there's the opportunity. You see, because a lot of us just say, man, that's awesome. We get, we get to pray those kinds of powerful prayers and, and, and expect Jesus to just do all kinds of awesome and great and wonderful things. And Well, there's, there's something else connected to it, and it's his will and his purpose. You see, you, you're not a separate individual from this. You've got to be a part of this whole thing about following him and listening to what his will and his purpose is. And, and here's a good example. Does anybody here know someone that prays over their favorite college football team's games? Yeah. Y'all didn't all raise your hand, but a lot of you chuckled, right? Y'all know people that pray that, right? And so then when, when God don't answer and your team loses, what do you do? You lose all your faith in God? You know, well, that, that, if you do that, can I ask you please stop? Okay, because last week... God could not answer all of you Alabama fans' prayer and all of the LSU fans' prayer because there's some LSU Christians praying the same prayer the same day. So what, what's God going to do? Can I tell you, it ain't about who wins the ball game, you know? Because then yesterday, you know, God's like, oh, wait a minute. Do I listen to the, to the Auburn fans or the Georgia fans, you know? I, I, I like, I like the, the, the stories told of, of Yogi Berra, who was a famous catcher for the for the Yankees back decades ago and that one day, one game a, a player came up and he took his bat and, and as he was getting ready to bat he touched the home plate and he made the sign of the cross and Yogi Berra took his catcher's mitt and just leaned up and just kind of erased it and he said why don't we let God just watch this time you know I think God yeah, wants to just watch something. God doesn't, he didn't make us robots and he's going to do it all for us and there's some things that really don't matter. So if you're praying over your football games, please quit, okay? But now yesterday, man, when Tua went down and then the reports of his agony and, and, the, and the, the pain that he was under and them talking about him screaming in pain and people talking and you realizing this could be career ending for him. And then people started praying. And, and you know what? I pray. I, I, know that, I know that he and his family claim to be Christians. So you know what? I, I, I prayed for him. Now, I didn't call a prayer meeting. I didn't call a 21 days of fasting or anything. But I prayed for him because I think we always should. But then I was also just a little bit ashamed when I remembered some other guys. And listen, if you watched the game, you saw he wasn't the last guy to go down in that game either. There were several of them. And so, you know, what, what's really easy for us is to say, well, man, we prayed, and he's still got a season-ending injury. He's got to have surgery. 
you know, I mean, this, this, this is really important to him and for his future and all of that. I mean, the amount of money he might make if he gets drafted, you know, and all that. I mean, this is really important. And, 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 and God, you didn't show up for him. And so what do we do? We blame God. God didn't do it. But you know what? I looked it up just to see. And it's not an easy thing right now. Our internet still isn't hooked up at our new house, and so it's not an easy thing for me to Google. But I, I was able to finally get through it, and I figured out, and, and I found that there are over 8,000 injuries reported in NCAA football every year. Over 8,000. And they aren't required to report, and so a lot of those go unreported, a lot of the minor ones. And you know how many of those are career-ending? Not very many. Every time a little boy, 18, 19, 20-year-old little boy, right? Every time a boy goes down, well, when his mom's in the, in the grandstands, I, I guarantee you that's her little boy down there on the, on the field. And when he goes down, and listen, we're just talking about college football, 8,000-something, 8,100, something like that every year is the average. And when that boy goes down, mama's praying. I guarantee you mama's praying. If she knows or believes in God, she's praying. So if we're going to say, well, God didn't show up for Tua, then we've also got to give God credit to say, but he showed up over 8,000 times for everybody else. You see, sometimes we want, to make it, we want to make it about this, and we don't understand. There's something much bigger going on in every one of our lives. And when we're trying to just pick out little bits and pieces and pray this little prayer to make, you know, my life is going to be wonderful if that will just happen. But God knows what's about to happen right around the corner, right down the road from you. And he knows that that little thing, if he gives that to you, it ain't going to help you through this next problem you've got coming. You know, $1,000 would meet a lot of people's needs in this room today, but it's not going to solve them all. And if we give you $1,000 today, you can go home excited today, but what about next Sunday or next month? or next year, or the next problem, or, you know, a thousand dollars doesn't help when the doctor's shaking his head and said, there's nothing I can do. A thousand dollars doesn't help when he said, he said, we'll try chemo, but I'm not giving you much hope. A thousand dollars, you know, see that, that so when we, we start, we start saying, now I've got all this power, I can pray this, we put God in this little bitty box and say, God, if you just give me this, but God knows better. And so you see, what is connected to all of this power and all this authority is the will and the purpose of God. Because, can I say it again, God knows stuff you don't know. He knows stuff you don't know. And praying these prayers, you're just, you're just hand-tying God. And where you're asking for this and God's wanting to give you this. Because the dreams he has for you are so big and huge. And you've got to believe that about him. You've got to believe Jeremiah 29, 11. You have to make up your mind. You have to decide what you believe about Jesus Christ. And if you believe all of this, then you've got to decide to also believe in his purpose. Let me hurry there to Isaiah. This was prophesied about Jesus. Read this real quick. Ch chapter 61, verse 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and proclaim the captives that... Uh, that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, 
a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Now this was spoken hundreds of years before Christ was born. And when Christ was born here, God come in the flesh. One day he walked into the synagogue, as it says was his custom to do. You know what a custom is? That's something you do regularly, not just when it feels good. I just thought I'd throw that in there about going to church, you know. You're making the connection, right? His custom was, okay. So his, his custom, so he goes in, they hand him the scroll. Now, you know what a scroll is, right? It's, okay, it was their book in those days, it's a scroll. And they handed him the scroll Isaiah. You know what he did? He turned to this right here. And he read it out loud to them. And when he finished, he put the scroll back down, and he said to them, this day is this scripture fulfilled right in front of your eyes. You are seeing this happen. He said, this is my purpose. Okay, now, now what do we get out of this? This is his purpose. Here's the first thing. The ne that next slide is, is he saying, this is my purpose. These people right here, the poor, the brokenhearted, the captives, the prisoners, the mourners, those whose lives are just asses is all that is left. Those who are in mourning, those who are in despair, these are the people. I've come to these people. This is who God sent me for. This is my purpose. That's what he's saying, right? And we see that, we hear that, and, and I guarantee you, we read that and, and we see these words jump off the page and we understand this is who he came for. Yay, Jesus, you came for these people. But we miss, I think what he said he was going to do to these people. I, I think that's what we miss, is we miss what he said he would do. He was going to come for them, but he's going to do something for them. Not just come and pat them on the back. Not just influence their day, but impact their life and change their world. Because here's what it said he, was, he would do. Good news to the poor, comfort to the brokenhearted, release and freedom to captives and prisoners, favor for the mourners. Man, that's deep. Okay, you, you got, you, I, I don't have time to preach that right there, okay? But favor for the mourners, people who mourn, a beauty for those who, whose lives are ashes, given a beauty, I, I can't preach this, a joyous blessing for those who mourn, and a celebration for those who have despair. This is, this is what Jesus said he was doing. This is his purpose. Okay, his, his purpose was to bring all these things to these people. Okay, can you hang on to that with me for just a second? Let me take you to three more verses, three more little passages of Scripture. And this is uh, when Jesus is about to leave the earth. He's got his disciples around him, and he, and he talks to them. He gives them last final charges. And, and, and if you remember, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all wrote down you know, the life of Christ, and, and they all couldn't write down everything that happened every single day, right? So sometimes you'll find one story in Matthew and not in Mark or something in Mark and Luke that's not in John or whatever. Okay, so here's a little bit of what we've got right here. Is that Matthew and Mark and Luke, because Luke penned the book of Acts, uh, we believe the, the, from what it said at the very beginning, is, is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that they remembered this day, and here's what they remembered him saying. Here's some of the things they remembered him saying. He says, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Get this. I've been given authority, Jesus said, in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations to obey all the commands I've given you. Mark remembered him saying this, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. For example, to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. In Acts chapter 1, 8, Luke remembered him saying, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay, so Jesus is saying a lot of stuff here, but let me wrap it up in just a couple of things that he is saying right here, okay? Back to that those verses in Isaiah chapter 61 and then thinking about this also Jesus did not intend 
for you and I to simply see people in their need, but for us to see to it that their world changes. Did you get it? Let's read it again. Jesus didn't intend that we simply see people in need, but that we see to it that their world changes. That was, that was his intent. His intent was not for us to, just to see the poor and the brokenhearted and the captives and the prisoners and those who mourn, those who, whose lives are in ashes, but for us to actually see to it that something changes in their world. To not just see, oh, man, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You've probably heard me say that more than you've heard other people say it. I, you know, but people say that a lot, right? Going to hell in a handbasket. But it's not enough to just see that. You've got to do something with it. You got to do something about it. Jesus left us, his church, here to see the need and see to it that their little part of the world changes in some way. How in the world, how in the world can we go to sleep at night knowing there's hungry babies and not doing a little something? Not reaching out. How, how in the world can we sleep at night in our comfy beds and knowing that there are people who don't have a, a place to lay down that they can call their own without doing a little something about it? How, how, do, how do we enjoy our kids and our grandkids knowing that there are kids and grandkids in our own communities as well as across the world who are abused physically, emotionally, sexually, how do we do that without saying, I have to do something with it? You see, this great gift that you have been given, salvation in Jesus Christ, it was free. But how in the world can we receive such an awesome gift without saying, I've got to pay this forward to somebody else? I've got to do something. So here's the final last thing that you have to decide. You have to decide if you're comfortable with the world as it is. Start with your own little world. Are you comfortable with your own little world as it is? Are you, are you, you happy you don't want anything to change? Nobody, nobody's sick? No financial needs? No job, career situations? No problems at school? Nothing like that? No closed doors that you need open? Or, or people got too many open doors into your life and you need some of them closed? You don't have anything like that? But, but go beyond you. What about this world? Does anything, does anything keep you up at night? Does anything make you cry? What is it that keeps you up at night? What is it that makes you say, I cannot just enjoy my life without doing something? You have to decide if you're comfortable or not with this world as it is. And then you say, but what can I do? That's what I've been preaching for seven weeks. For seven weeks. You have all the power of the universe at your disposal. Jesus said, all authority was given to me. And then he said, in Luke, he said, behold, I give to you authority over all power, over all demons, over serpents and scorpions, he called them in the spirit realm. He said, I give you that kind of authority. You have been given the authority. So what can I do? Here, I'm going to challenge you to do something this week. I'm going to challenge you to go on a journey with me. And it'll take you about five minutes a day to go on this journey with me, but I believe it'll impact your life for eternity so that you can impact lives lastingly in your communities. 
if you if you go to the sermon notes on the connect page church 2911.com slash connect go to the sermon notes at the very bottom there's a link you click on that link and you go to it there are seven days of devotion right there this week that I want you to walk with me in if you're a member at church 2911 or this is your home church your regular attender I I do everything up to command you to do that. I, I, I want to stress so strongly how much I want you to join me in this this week, this devotion. It'll take you less than five minutes a day to read this, ponder it, think about it, and then let it somehow impact the rest of your day for seven days. I dare you to do it. And let's just see if God doesn't start showing up in our prayers because he has made us to have lasting impact. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you, and as always, we dare you to dream.